few weeks, we have been studying the book of Exodus, and we saw how the children of Israel, the Hebrew children, are enslaved in Egypt, and little baby Moses was saved out of the Nile River, and he ended up being raised uh, in the house of the daughter of Pharaoh, and Moses' own mother got to nurse him and uh, until he got to a certain age. Then Pharaoh's daughter raised Moses. Moses beca- becomes a leader in the house of Pharaoh. 
And uh, later, Moses sees a uh, some uh, Egyptians killing or beating up a Hebrew. Moses goes over there, kills the men. Later, it's found out that uh, it comes to light that he killed the Egyptians. He runs in fear, spends time in the uh, being a shepherd out in the wilderness. God speaks to him through a burning bush. Take Aaron with you. Go to go to Pharaoh. Tell him let my people go. He complains, so God reassures him. Hey, I'm sending Aaron with you. He can talk. He can talk for you. So, um, of course, uh, Moses does this. And last week we saw where it just irritated Pharaoh. So Moses does what he's supposed to do, goes and tells Pharaoh, hey, let my people go for a three days journey to the wilderness and we're going to worship our God. And Pharaoh's like, well, no, 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 no. Not only am I not going to let you go, your people go, I'm going to make their labor worse now because you asked me that. So before we used to bring the straw to them so they could make the bricks. Now they got to go pick their own straw, bring it back, still make the bricks and make the same amount of bricks as they always would. So and Moses kind of, he's kind of ticked off. I think he's ticked at God. I'm just going to say it. I think he's ticked at God. He's like, Lord, why have you done this evil thing? (laughs) Why have you done this evil thing? You did not deliver uh, your people like you promised. So basically calls out God. Hey, I did my part. You didn't follow through. So um, that's kind of Ken's uh, Cliff Notes version of where we're at. So right now, um, we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we'll dive into Chapter 7. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Let's get started. Let me clear my throat real real fast. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles to chapter 7. Chapter 7 of Exodus. Exodus chapter 7. And uh, once again, Moses vented to God saying, Hey, you didn't live up to your pardon. So um, let's find out what's going on next. All right, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand 
on Egypt, and with mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the Israelites out of it. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. So, I wonder how Moses is feeling here because, you know, the, just we just learned how he went to Pharaoh before and Pharaoh's, you know, rejected his uh his uh offer i guess i don't know if he called it an offer but he rejected pharaoh and then made the lives of the slaves worse so now he's telling them go back to pharaoh you know tell him what i told you to tell him but i'm going to harden his heart so he doesn't listen to you uh you, I gotta, you gotta love God. God is so funny with us. <laughs> I would have been like, God, are you messing with me? Like, come on now. He, he didn't listen the first time. He made it worse on your people. Now you're telling me to go back, tell him the same thing again. But you're already telling me he's gonna say no, and you're because because you, you're gonna harden his heart. So he says no. I mean, Moses is, uh, he's got to be beside himself. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't want to read into scripture, but I think that is pretty funny. God's already warning him that, hey, I'm going to harden his heart. He ain't even going to listen to you. All right. All right. Let's, let's move on. Uh, verse eight. The Lord said to Moses and, and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, Perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, Take your staff, throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian Magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one of them threw down their staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord said. Now, this is where I'm probably going to get myself in trouble. Because... Um, of what I what I believe here, so so Aaron throws down his staff, and uh, it turns into a snake. Now that's pretty freaky, right there. I mean, if I'm Pharaoh, I get he wasn't. See, this is where I'm getting myself in trouble. I think during that time in that culture, I'm going to speculate, 
This is not scripture. So please understand. Ken speculating here. The dark arts, as they call it. What, what, wait, what's, what's the NIV say? Secret arts. So in verse 11, it says, Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian magicians also did the same by their secret arts. See, I'm going to say that secret arts is actually demonic. Well, it has to be demonic. I mean, it's not of God. And Satan's a duplicator. Satan tries to duplicate. And, uh, you know, God is real. But Satan is real also. And I know sometimes in uh, modern day theology, in modern day times, we try to poo-hoo the spirituality of our Christian faith. And I know there's a whole, there's whole doctrines, whole way of studying and theology about the different uh, times of the Bible, different periods. But I think too often we're too quick to, to, to poo-poo uh, the spirituality of the world. We live in a spiritual world. World. We may be afraid of it because it doesn't quite fit on a Sunday morning, or doesn't quite fit our theology. It doesn't quite. It makes everybody nervous when you want to talk about the spiritual things because then people think you're crazy. But it's spiritual things are real. So. Um, I'll move on because I don't want to get myself in trouble. People will send letters and phone calls and no, just kidding. But um, so anyway, so they threw so the magicians threw down their staffs and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen, just as the Lord said. So he still don't listen. Let's move on. Verse fourteen. Then the Lord said to Moses. Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He, he refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Mm, okay, all right. Confront him on the bank of the Nile. Take your hand, take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. Then say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. By this, you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink the water. <clears throat> so, okay, so God's setting this scene up. You know, it's funny to, to you know, view it from like God's overview, God's plan or God's overview. Um, 
you know, God kind of overseeing this whole thing. He tells him where to go to the banks of the Nile, what to do when he gets there. And he already knows that Pharaoh is not going to listen. But he's, but they're going to change the, God's going to change the uh, Nile River from water into blood. And it's going to stink. Well, I imagine it would, especially with all the fish that are going to die. Yeah, it's going to stink pretty bad. So, um, <clears throat> hey, I'm thankful I don't have to go and get water out of the, out of any river. Um, I'm thankful for being a city boy and having my water brought to me. But uh, verse 19, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch it out, stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will be turned to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in vessels of wooden stone. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's right. He changed the water that was already out of the Nile, too. Oh, okay, yeah. Man, imagine going to your refrigerator and get a bottle of water and it's blood. Oh, wow, man, that's kind of scary. Yucky. Hey, Dixie, can you bring me a bottle of blood out of the refrigerator? Oh, no. <laughs> But the Egyptians, whoa, 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 let's skip, skip up. Okay, verse 20. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile and all the water was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink it, drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. So, <clears throat> kind of stopping right there. Let's stop right there. Let's park our cars and get out and take a view of the scenery. So, you know, I, I'm thinking, wow, I mean... Now, at the beginning, you know, he threw his his staff down and it turned to a snake. It's weird to, you know, I wonder how I would react when God said, hey, take your staff, put it in the in the Nile River, and uh, it's going to turn to blood. I'd be like, I wonder if I kind of like close my eyes, turn my head a little bit, put my staff, dip my staff, staff in the water, and be like, okay, I hope it turns to blood. I hope it turns to blood. I hope it turns to blood. Oh hey, turn to blood! Like I would, I'd be. I wonder if I'd had my doubts to be, but I don't know. I, he just changed my staff into a snake, so I guess I would believe. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I would be like, I I'd be saying, "Oh Lord, please let this work. <laughs> please show up. Um, <laughs> please don't let let this be like the first time when I went t- and talked to Pharaoh and he." And he said no, and he made our lives worse. Uh, but uh, obviously that did not happen. Um, God was there, and God did what he said he was going to do. So, let's go on to verse 22. But the Egyptian magicians showed up, did the same thing by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned out and went into his palace 
and did not even and did not take even this to heart. And the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water out of the river. And then, um, well, let's stop right there. So, it, it, uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words here. So the magician showed up and did the same thing. So um, I'm a little confused here because I don't know. Did they turn more water into blood or did they, I guess, that's what they did. Um, So, well, and then so they dug probably a little bit away from the Nile because water seeps through other little rivers and stuff other underground ways and probably dug a well or something and got water from there but um you know again I think I think what this shows is that I think this shows that they were really living in times of great spiritual they were used I think they were kind of used to spiritual things things outside the norm you know I think they really must have been. So let's let's go on. Let's go on chapter eight. So let's go on to chapter eight, verse one. Okay, let's just continue here. This is this is getting interesting here. Chapter eight, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palaces and in your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens, your kneading throws, thrusts. The frogs will come up on you and your people and your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the stream and canals and ponds and make frogs come up out of the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up out of the land of Egypt. Well, they weren't helping the situation then. I mean... I know they're trying to, uh, I, I understand they're trying to prove that, hey, you know, our demonic God can do this too, but yeah, but you're making it worse on yourselves. Um, so um, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go off, off to go sacrifice to the Lord. Then Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. So they're kind of making a deal here. He goes, all right, you got us with the frogs. I was okay with the bloody water. 
I was okay. That didn't really freak me out too much. But the frogs, that's going a little bit too far. The frogs in our bed. I'm going to go to bed. There's, there's frogs all over in our bed. In our ovens, we go to cook something. Frogs are there. You know. So, yeah, you, you know, you didn't get me with the bloody water. But the frogs, that's going a little bit too far. So, you, you know, you pray that the Lord gets rid of these frogs. And we'll let you go tomorrow. So, let's see what Moses says. Moses replied, It will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord of God, our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. So, I guess the frogs get to hang out a little bit for a while then, huh? The frogs get to kind of hang out by the Nile. I wonder if that was kind of like, well, in case you pull, in case you you know, renege on your deal. The frogs are going to set at that night. No, we know that's not the case. <laughs> anyway, uh, verse 12. And Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh. Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Mer Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. I mean, so the frogs died, but they died wherever they were at. Excuse me while I cough. <coughs> I mean, okay, I mean, he took the frogs away, but they're dying right in my pots and pans and in my oven and in my toilet and in my house, on my bed. Now I got to clean all that up. Now you would think, you would think that that would be enough, because you know what? I don't mind, I don't mind frogs. I'm actually kind of a, I kind of like frogs. I kind of enjoy frogs. They're cute and everything, but I don't want them in my bed. And if a bunch of them died in my bed and I got to clear them out, oh, that sucks. I'm um, sorry, but uh, <laughs> so. So, uh, but then Pharaoh, you think that would be enough for Pharaoh, but he, he, he still says, nah, I changed my mind. You, you know, you almost had me with the bloody water. I thought you had me with the frogs, but now that they're gone, no, I changed my mind again. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's see what happens next. You know, this is, uh, you know. This is good, good stuff here. I don't know about you, but I, I wish I had a flannel graph. Wish I had some flannel graphs and the little little frogs I'd be putting all over the flannel graph. That'd be cool. Um, I'm not sure about the bloody water, but... Um, verse 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this, and when Aaron... Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground. Gnats came upon the people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. See, I, now here God's probably intervening. Intervene. He goes, all right, Satan, I let you use these people to do your dark arts, you know, um, but you know what? No, not this time. You're, I'm stopping you. 
you're not going to reproduce. You're just not proving anything anyway. So give it up, Satan. So God steps in and and he doesn't allow the gnats to be reproduced by the um, dark magicians. So um, since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen just as the Lord had said. Man, that, you know how gnats can be. Gnats are just... Oh, because they get in bunches. Imagine what millions and millions of gnats because of the, some of the dust of the ground got turned into gnats. Oh, imagine trying to eat food and the gnats are all over your... They didn't have refrigerators back then. The, the gnats are all into the meat that you have stored with the salt and, and, and your drinking water and, and uh, in your face and all over. Oh, I hate gnats. They're so annoying. But uh, that still wasn't enough. Well, let's go on to uh, the, uh, verse 20. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he has gone to the river and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. I want to know how he really said that. Did he say it like Charlton Heston in... in in the movie, uh, what was that? The was the movie called the Holy Bible, or was it called Moses? I think it was called the whatever that. But Charlton Heston for well, for you young people don't know that. But um, anyway, did he say, "Let my people go," or did he say, um, "Let my people go"? Like <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I would love, Lord, would you let me go back in a time machine and relive this moment? So anyway, let's, let's, go, let's go back to verse 20. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and in your houses. The houses of Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. So that's, you know, I don't like flies either. Flies are annoying. They're germy. They, they land on excrement and then they come and fly in your house and land on your food. So they have little excrement on the bottoms of their little feet. They don't wipe their feet when they come in your house, you know. So, um, yeah, the flies are all up in your house. They're disgusting. Verse 22. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarm of flies will be there so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. So he's saying, look, you still don't want to listen? I'm going to not let it happen in the land of Goshen. But it's going to have happen in your land. This to show you I'm making my distinction between the people I've called and you, your people. Verse 24. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace, into the houses of his officials throughout Egypt. The land was ruined by the flies. Man, imagine that. All those flies. Ugh. 
Then Pharaoh summoned then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in the in their eyes, they will they not stone us? We must take a three days journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commands us. But Pharaoh said, I will not let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not... Wait, let me read that again. Verse, verse 28, Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the flies will leave, Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully against by not letting the people go to offer their sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his, and his people. Not a fly remained. But this time, but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. So, hey, you'll have to excuse the noise in the background. But um, we're going to stop there. So we're stopping off um, chapter 8. I guess we'll head into chapter 9 next week. But uh, you know, the, what about the, all the flies? Do they just drop dead right on the ground? Uh, just like the frogs are all over the place. Now they got to clean up all those nasty flies. Uh, and the flies probably fell into the meats that they had stored in the vegetables. Ugh, yucky. So, I mean, no, notice the uh, the magicians. You know, I think Satan got t- tried, got kind of tired of trying to use the magicians to to uh, show off and say, well, I can do that too. But um, no, God put a stop to that. But um, wow, so Pharaoh's still saying, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it because he says, I think Pharaoh, of course, was afraid because he, he probably thought, no, three days journey. If I give you guys a three days journey, that's a three days head start. And if you guys don't come back, I got to go chase you down. So he's like, no, nah, just... You know, just don't go very far. Don't go very far. And, uh, you know, do it right here in, in, in the land. But, um, again, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he wouldn't let him go do it after he said he would. So, all right, we're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. We'll do chapter, uh, I think, chapter 9 next week. So, come back, and we'll do this again. Uh, let, us, let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, not for my words or my interpreting your words or or, or adding or, or, you know, adding things into your word and sharing your word, Lord, but thank you for your word that, that you gave us that we could read and gleam, gleam the uh, things from your word to help us grow and learn more of you. 
Lord, go with each and each and every one of us this week. Let us have a great week, Lord. Would you keep us safe? Would you, Lord? Would you touch your people and keep us um, healthy, Lord? I, I ask these things, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, I really do appreciate. I can't thank you guys enough. I know I say it often, but thank you guys so much to, for taking time out of your day to um, have a Sunday school with Ken. You know, I, I don't know if it's helping anybody or if anybody's gleaming anything from the scriptures here, but I sure am. I, I the, I'm sure having a, a great time uh, reading these stories we might have heard since our childhood. You know, maybe we remember these stories from uh, Sunday school and or we read them over throughout our Christian walk over and over again. But I think the the word of the Lord is so fresh and new every morning. He just gives us new things that we glean, glean that maybe we didn't recognize the first five times, but something uh, is illuminated to us on another reading. So I hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I thank you again for stopping by. Don't forget next Sunday, we'll pick up chapter nine and uh, don't forget Mondays, Monday through Friday mornings with Ken, 545 a.m. Hey, on a kind of like an editor's note, I have to apologize for Friday's show. Um, the anchor people um, changed their app a little bit. And uh, I don't want to bore you with the details, but long story short, you have to submit your show for approval first. Um, they, it's a little change they did. So now you have to submit your program to them and it either gets approved or, or denied. So Friday's show was not even supposed to air until I had it set up the way I wanted it to set up. But you have to submit it to, for like a pre-approval. And when I did that, somehow they automatically posted it. So they posted it a day early and it was incomplete and the show was way out of whack and way out of order. So you have to forgive me for Friday's show. I have to kind of work out some of the bugs in this. So I get it, bugs, flies. Nats. Uh, anyway, hey, I hope the Cleveland Indians aren't going to be called the Cleveland Nats. But uh, all right. Hey, you guys have a great day. I'll see you. Love you guys. Bye-bye.
you.